I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome into the Cyclone Alert Cyclone Scoop podcast. Michael Swain here, the Iowa State beat writer for 24-7 Sports. Coming to you a few hours after Iowa State's dominant 30-7 win over Texas at Jack Trice Stadium. And that was a big win for Iowa State and a big bounce-back performance for the Cyclones after a disappointing game against West Virginia last week. And I've got a few thoughts that I want to kind of run through for a quick reaction podcast for you all. And I think the first thing that I want to start with is the defense for Iowa State because you look at what happened last week against West Virginia, and that was not even arguably, it was flat out Iowa State's worst defensive performance in well over a year. And it was concerning. You know, Mike Rose didn't play. The defense um, really struggled at times when it came to tackling, really struggled in coverage. And when you looked ahead to this Texas game, you realized that Texas has arguably a lot better wide receivers than West Virginia. Um, Bijan Robinson is arguably one of the best running backs in all of college football. And it created a sense of, you know, I don't know about concern, but you're really looking at this defense saying, was that an outlier performance or is this kind of a warning sign for things to come? And I think for the defense to put together the performance it did on Saturday was a really big deal, especially when you look at the stretch Iowa State now is coming up when, and we'll talk about Big 12 title game scenarios here in a little bit, but um, having the defense play like it did today was very encouraging, especially against a talented Texas offense that, you know, even in first halves of games has played really well. You know, they have struggled consistently in the second half, but they put up some big offensive numbers so far this season. And to be able to limit them, you know, in general to, what was it, 207 yards of offense, you know, uh, 3.2 average yards per play, just a, in general, a, a superb performance from Iowa State on defense. And it really started up front with that defensive line. And Will McDonald, Henny Wazirike, and even some of the guys that played in the middle, Isaiah Lee, J.R. Singleton, um, I thought in general those guys were really the guys that set the tone for Iowa State today. Um, let's start with Will McDonald. Man, he's now Iowa State's all-time sack leader. 26 and a half sacks all-time. Took him 38 games to get there. And, man, there's something about him when you watch him play. You can tell that there is greatness there. Uh, I can remember, you know, first time watching him get kind of these consistent snaps last season. You can see that the pl- level of play was there to be really good. But for what he's been able to do this season, playing this many snaps, playing when all the offenses are really slanting the protection against Will McDonald, for him to be able to play at this level, I think speaks a lot to his overall ability. Uh, 
his ability to, I think, overcome a lot of this stuff because he's getting chipped, he's getting double teamed, and he's 245 pounds, six foot four. You know, he's someone that is just a special player, and you can tell, and you can tell that when he starts to get going, that it really does allow guys like Enyuazurike and whoever is playing that nose guard position to get more push because then teams have to really, really account for Will McDonald. Um, I said it going into the year, but, you know, he does at times look like someone that could be a first-round pick if he tests well at the NFL Combine and if he is able to put on some more weight because at this point he probably still would be classified as a bit of a tweener. But, man, he was awesome tonight. And it doesn't even go, you know, it's funny to think of how many sacks he would have if he didn't get held so often. Um, I think there were a few times tonight where he got held and it wasn't called. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's just part of the game. But, man, he's just such a dominant force. And Andy Rodriguez deserves a lot of credit as well. He has put together a stellar super senior season. And he's meant a ton to this defensive front, especially with the inconsistency those guys have had up front at the nose guard position where any is sliding inside. He's playing, you know, boundary end. He's playing the field side end every once in a while. Just a real big player for that defensive line group. And I thought, too, you've got to give Iowa State's cornerback some credit. Um, I think TJ Tampa maybe had the only missed assignment on that Texas touchdown jet sweep run where he didn't set the edge. But outside of that, the cornerbacks did not look super shaky. Um, I, think, I thought at times in the first half, Texas wide receivers were able to get some separation, but weren't able to hit those big plays. And I think that that's big for Iowa State's defensive backs to have a, a positive performance after they were really picked on last week. You know, not to go back over that again, but it was a real rough week last week. And for them to come back and play like they did today, I think is a really encouraging sign uh, for this defense long term. Now, switching over to the offense, man, uh, a tale of two halves to use the cliche. You look at that first half performance and just really disjointed. And it wasn't like Iowa State was going three and outs. You know, they'd be able to get some plays and get some first downs. But, you know, you look at kind of what happened there where you've got the the first drive of the game. They've got the short field that comes from the defense forcing a turnover. Um, they take care of the short field, get a field goal out of it. But then after that, you know, they have the eight-play drive where then they have a turnover on downs. I do like Iowa State's decision to go for it on that fourth down. I do like, in general, Matt Campbell's willingness to go for it on these fourth downs because I think you can look at a lot of the analytics too, and they will show you that your win expectancy will go up if you do go for it some on some of these times in plus territory instead of uh, punting the ball away. But first half, you know, the offense didn't really look great, and I think there rightfully was some area for concern. You look at the offensive line, wasn't creating a bunch of holes for Brees Hall in general. Um, and you look at Hall's performance, I think it's indicative of Iowa State's performance as a whole. I think as Brees Hall goes, the offense will go to some degree. And what you saw in the first half was someone that, you know, what was it, 22 yards on seven first-half carries, not great. But then as soon as the second half started, man, Brees Hall looked like, you know, the Heisman hopeful, the the Dope Walker Award finalist that we've seen from him where he then all of a sudden burst free, 12 carries, 114 yards, 9.5 yards per carry alone in the second half. There was that, you know, winding 47-yard touchdown run there that opened the game up. And I think for me, the moment that I felt like the game was over was that trick play. And (laughs) it was funny listening to Xavier Hutchinson talk about it after the game where they tried it during practice during the week, and it never worked. I think uh, X said it. They tried it three times during the course of the week, and it never worked. 
So for Tom Manning to call it, for them to be able to execute it, I think was a really big deal. And at that point, I think you may have saw some heads on the Texas sideline go down because I think at that point, Texas offense was not getting anything going. The Iowa State offense was all of a sudden humming. You get a big play like that, and it's just demoralizing, um, especially with the way that Texas has played where they play a lot of downhill stuff with their cornerbacks. So, And then after that, you know, Iowa State's offense really just controlled the game. Uh, I thought in general what we saw from them in the second half um, was a lot better and a lot more encouraging when you look at kind of the stretch they now have coming up where you know, you've got the, the Texas Tech game, the Oklahoma game, and TCU to wrap up the season. And you go from in the first half having one scoring drive to then in the second half you have, you know, one, two, three, you know, five out of your six second half drives or scoring drives. So really strong performance for Iowa State in the second half. Um, and even on special teams, Corey Dunn deserves a lot of credit for that punt he had. Um, he came in cold, and he, he's lost his job twice now and still doesn't have his job and comes in and has a big punt. Special teams was big, too. Andrew Mevis with the 51-yard field goal late on in the game. Um, in general, a complete performance from Iowa State today. And granted, it's against a Texas team that is struggling and is not a, a Texas team of old that is one of the powers in the Big 12, but still. To put together this performance against this talented of a team is a big deal. And I think it will give Iowa State a lot of confidence here going into now what is kind of a look-ahead spot. You know, you got Texas Tech on the road before the big showdown in Norman. And that brings me to the Big 12 title game kind of scenarios that you've got now. And I think a lot of it is Iowa State does control its own destiny going forward where you went out. Um, I think you only need one more result to go your way where I think Texas needs to, or sorry, where Oklahoma needs to beat Oklahoma State in Bedlam for Iowa State to get it if they do win out. Um, Now, granted, I've looked at some of the stuff, and if Iowa State loses to Oklahoma, I think it's almost all but gone. The chance of making the Big 12 title game, I'd have to go back and recheck a lot of that stuff. But basically, Iowa State wins out. They need Oklahoma to beat Oklahoma State, and they will be in. So, you're looking ahead, and after last week where it seemed kind of doom and gloom, where it didn't seem like it was feasible that Iowa State would make it to the Big 12 title game, you know, there's still a, a slimmer of hope there, and Iowa State can control its own destiny. And you look at Oklahoma, they've not necessarily been the most convincing this season, even with Caleb Williams there at quarterback. Um, that's a team that can be beaten, and so Iowa State will have its opportunity. It's, you know, my favorite TV show is The Wire, and it's like Omar and The Wire said, you know, it, if you come at the king, you best not miss. And that's what Iowa State's going to have to do. Um, they're going to go to Oklahoma, go to Norman, the team that has ruled the Big 12 for a long time with the opportunity to make it to back-to-back Big 12 title games and you know be able to play for a conference title, which is why a lot of these guys came back for this extra year. Um, guys like Charlie Kohler elected to forego going to the NFL a year early. They came back to compete for a Big 12 title. So technically what every, everything Iowa State wants – is still ahead of them this season. So it's going to make up for um, a hectic, I think, next few three weeks, I want to say. And it's going to be a big kind of three weeks within the Iowa State facility. Um, they've got a lot that they can play for still. And one more note before we wrap it up on the recruiting side of things. Um, obviously, winning at home is a big deal because you're going to have recruits in attendance. But I think for Iowa State to have, I think, the specific crop of recruits that they had in attendance where you've got Alex Moda, um, Kai Black, J.J. Cole, Jamison Patton, some of the best recruits in the state of Iowa in the class of 2023, the the recruiting class that their cycle is coming up, kind of starting to pick up steam now. 
big deal to have a big win like this, to have the atmosphere like this. The student section I thought was awesome. I thought the, the atmosphere at Jack Trice Stadium was awesome. Had the fireworks pregame, you know, just a lot of stuff like that it creates for a special atmosphere. And it's a big deal when you have some of those kind of big time in-state recruits on campus for those big games. So, you know, I still have one more opportunity to have recruits on campus for that TCU game, but um, the mood in Jack Trice Stadium for that weekend, it could differ depending on how the next two weeks go for Iowa State. But I think we'll leave it there for the podcast. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cyclone Alert, Cyclone Scoop podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow myself on Twitter at mswain247. And we also have an Iowa State designated Twitter account at CycloneAlert247. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again this week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.